When Stephen was 15, he'd already had his first big breakup. So in an effort to move on, he wrote a list of qualities he was looking for in a girl. Trustworthy, reliable, never leave me for another guy. (laughs) Genuine, down to earth, relatively good looking in my eyes. Shares most of the same values, unlimited texting. And, of course, because I love the TV show, respects Scrubs. That's Stephen emphasizing the importance of a good cell phone plan. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Hello, Calgary. It's nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Calgary, Alberta, we have a plot to bump off a Catholic nun, a leprechaun who lives in a sandwich, and an explanation of how virginity is like a birthday cake. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and like Stephen's dream girl, it respects scrubs. So think about who you were when you were a kid and stick around. Our next reader, Mary, read a few diary entries written in 1953 when she was 11 years old and living in Burlington, Ontario. Okay, so I'm 11 and I'm in grade 7 at St. John's Catholic School and uh, parents are Croatian. The excerpts, yeah, whoo! <laughs> the excerpts are all very short and very concrete. January first, Sandra likes Tony. She skates with him, and so do I. Jacqueline likes James. They're inseparable. Mary, me, likes, loves, adores. See March the first. March the first, James B. <laughs> May twenty-second. James T. choked me because I tripped him. (laughs) June the 1st. I got my golden coin with Queen Elizabeth's head on it. I drew a picture of the queen. June 2nd. (laughs) The queen was crowned. I saw the coronation on TV at the arena. She was beautiful. I was in a parade. We marched for three quarters of an hour. June 12th. We all went to confession and communion. Uh, this first Friday, and then we had breakfast at the Coffee Pot restaurant on Brant Street downtown. KK said he would like to see me in a bathing suit. (laughs) June 20th, I got my new bathing suit. Went swimming in Lake Ontario today. Kenny wasn't there. (laughs) June 29th. There was a funeral mass this morning. All went off well. (laughs) The dead person was Margaret B. Her mother and father sat in front of us. July the 1st. Dominion Day. I went to a Croatian picnic in the woods near Lake Ontario. It was really exciting when the police came and took the beer away. (laughs) September the 1st, 
Our parents let Sandra and me go to the Canadian National Exhibition in Toronto. We got up at 6 and were at the bus terminal by 7.15. We ate free food samples all day and nobody kidnapped us. <laughs> we had fun and we got home at 10 p.m. Uh, an unpleasant incident happened today at school, October 22nd. I lost the church envelopes with the collection money in them. Sister Adele blamed me. I'll have to bump her off. <laughs> I do wonder why I haven't seen Sister Adele in a while. One of the things I love about this kind of writing is how it can dive deep into subjects that most of us don't think about that often. To take something that seems a little mundane or everyday and really get into the details. For instance, when Bradley was in second grade, he wrote a list. Ten rules for finding a rock? Number one? You can find a rock any, anywhere. <laughs> Number two, you can find a rock in a quiet place. <laughs> Number three, look at the rock in the eye. <laughs> Number four, not too big. Number five, not too small. <laughs> Number six, just right in your hand. <laughs> Number seven, a perfect shape. <laughs> Number eight, the right color. <laughs> Number nine, it has to smell right. <laughs> and number 10, and most importantly, Choose your rock by yourself, no partners. <laughs> Thank you very much, Calgary. I love it when a reading is both entertaining and educational. Thank you, Bradley. Oh, boy. We have a saying at Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Just read your thing. And that's because our show is all about primary source material. It's about original documents. But sometimes the stories behind those documents are just as interesting. Joining us on stage right now, Felipe is going to read, this is one of my favorite formats of writing, a letter that he wrote to his mother when he was nine years old. We're going to hear it in its original Portuguese and then an English translation. Please welcome to our stage, Felipe. São Paulo, 4 de maio de 2001. Mãe, é uma coisa que só quer o nosso bem e às vezes que ela briga com a gente é para o nosso bem. Pena que algumas crianças não têm mãe ou seja, são órfãos que vivem em orfanatos. A mãe também tem um companheiro, que sou eu. E eu também tenho uma companheira, que é você, mãe, que está sempre do meu lado, 
E é para você que eu presto essa homenagem. São Paulo, Brazil, May 4th, 2001. Mom, it's a thing that just wants our well-being, and sometimes she gets mad at us, but it's for our own well-being. It is sad how some children don't have moms, therefore they're orphans who live in orphanages. <laughs> mom also has a partner, me, and I also have a partner, you mom, <laughs> who is always by my side, and that is why I dedicate this to you today, Felipe 2001. Thank you. What Felipe did not tell you is that Felipe saw a grown-ups read things they wrote as kids show in Edmonton last year, called up his mom, asked if she had anything of his, and found out that she had that, and that she carries it with her pretty much everywhere that she goes. Well, one more time for Felipe. At our live shows, we hear a lot of teenage writing about love, sex, and relationships. And often, when teens write about this stuff, it's driven much more by curiosity than experience. When Cheryl was 16, she knew she was curious about sex. But when it came to love, well, she wasn't so sure. So what is love? I don't think it exists. Oh, Fred, I'm so in love with you. I love you, Mom. If you loved me, you would. Chocolate. Oh, I love chocolate. Is any of that real? Rainbows, stars, hearts, cupids, lightning. What a crock. Love. Okay, now I'm going to get real personal. I'm just going to say this right now. I was a late bloomer. I was a very nerdy child. <sighs> to whom it may concern. I might as well come out with it. I wonder what sex is like. Is it beautiful? All flowers and streams and slight breezes? Um, is it exciting? All roller coasters and screams and, ad and adventures? Is it painful like stabbing? <laughs> Stabbing or cramps or numbing pain? Is it romantic with candles and love poems and music? Is it disgusting <laughs> with blood and sweat and filth? <laughs> I think it is the last one. Just two or more <laughs> bodies slapping, grinding, licking, <laughs> and feeling against each other. What is so great about it? And yet I can see it as a beautiful and romantic thing. And the ultimate intimacy between two people who love or should love each other. <laughs> Which one is it? If it were to be the second one, I still find that hard to believe. How could, say, a married couple, who are supposedly best friends, change that friendship into passion once in a bed or wherever else? 
Of course, this is a basis for marriage, but it strikes me as odd. My best friend is male, yet I don't think I could even fathom the thought of us making love or having sex only. Maybe this complete physical intimacy is the final step in a completely emotionally intimate relationship. Is it the natural step, though? Does it have to follow, or can emotional intimacy be taken infinitely further? I have strayed from my initial question. (laughs) Yet I feel the questions I have asked are pertinent for understanding what sex is like. If it has such high placing in the human life, there has to be something special in it. There is the obvious one, pure enjoyment. But that can't be the only one. There has to be reasons, even excuses for the big deal about it. I just wish I knew what they are. At this point in my life, curiosity is overwhelming me. I'm not saying I would go out right now and just try sex to see what it is like. Personally, at this moment, the whole act and preceding events, most, but not all, disgust me. I just wonder what it will be like when it is my turn or time to satisfy my curiosity and what my exact reasons for it will be. So my old journal entries, those were written when I had friends who'd already had sex, who'd already gotten pregnant, and there I was not having even really kissed a boy. Uh, So they're really coming from a place of wild curiosity and kind of a little bit of insecurity because I didn't really understand what was going on. And I was raised Catholic, so we didn't talk about this stuff. So there's really, and I went to a Catholic school, (laughs) so really people didn't talk about this. Um, I've got three kids and I'm raising them very differently in terms of openness and conversation. And we talk about these issues all the time. Now, my girls, who are nine and seven, are very clear that they want to adopt children because they don't want anything to do with sex. And right now, at their age, that's a totally fine thing to think. But I just want them to know that I will be open for them, I will be here for them, my husband will be here for them, and we can talk about anything at any time. Um, Because sex is messy and it can be gross and it can be awesome and they need to know all of that Cheryl was not the only reader at our Calgary show who spent her teenage years contemplating love and sex when our next reader Tara was 13 she felt like she had love pretty much figured out and she wrote about it rather poetically in her diary True love. When do we know? I know. It's when the part of your heart that's empty is filled by peace, is filled by an overwhelming sensation of freedom. You're needed, you're wanted, and you will never be the same. I have this love. It lives now inside. I have found him, the key to open my lock, the key to my heart, to my emotions, and to my future. He is in my soul for now, and he will stay there till fear takes over our lives. (laughs) Till hate shadows us. Till life no more means anything. Then in the world, true love will die. But not if we are strong. Be strong, Stephen. I love you. Never leave me. Don't let our love die for true love is forever. 
November 2nd. Well, lots has changed. That perfect everlasting relationship of me and Stephen wasn't so perfect and everlasting. <laughs> Tara dumped Stephen for Pierre. Colleen dumped Stephen for Pierre. And well, guess what? I love Pierre. <laughs> he is so sweet, so nice, and so perfect. He necked me. Wow. <laughs> He makes me feel good and tingle all over. That's love. Again, Tara has been hit by Cupid's arrow. April 7th. Today was the most wonderful day. It all started after school. I was with Pierre and Kate. We went to Dairy Queen and went to the store to buy some gum. I asked how people could possibly kiss with gum in their mouth. They both had done it, so they argued that it was easy. Of course, I disagreed. Pierre told me he could prove it. Ha. <laughs> we decided to go to a special place, that perfect tree leaf place where we had our first kiss five months minus a few days ago. He said that he was wondering if I spit out my gum, which I always do when I'm about to kiss him. I said, uh, yeah, and showed him my gum in my hand. Then, when he went to kiss me, he said it. I love you. <laughs> what a rush. I felt so happy. I kissed him like never before. So full of love, perfect. <laughs> June 23rd. Well, he asked me. It took him a long time to say it, to spit it out. But he asked me. He asked if I wanted to have sex. I said, I don't know. He said he was sure that I'd say no, and then he would regret saying it. He said, I don't know is a nice way to say no. <laughs> That's not true. If I were going to lose, I mean lose my virginity, it would be with him, but only in a few years, maybe even longer. I'm physically ready, but my emotions wouldn't be able to take it. I hope he understands. He told me he wasn't trying to pressure me in any way and that it is entirely up to me. I'm not ready, not yet. I love him, but I don't need sex to show anyone that. Lots of people do it. But I'm myself with my own values and morals, and even though I trust and love him with all my heart, if he loves me as much, he'll understand. Your virginity is like a birthday cake. <laughs> Take a piece of the cake before your birthday, you can end up ruining the whole cake, <laughs> along with the birthday. Mom told me this. <laughs> Thank you. Earlier in the show, we heard from Stephen. He's the guy who made a list of qualities he was looking for in a girl. And in addition to that list, Stephen also brought along a trio of poems he wrote when he was 14. And as you'll hear, all three poems have one thing in common. They are super, super dark. Live on stage in Calgary, here's Stephen, starting with his first poem entitled War. Here, standing on the battlefield, explosions all around, burning hot bullets pierce my body. Screaming in agony, pain rushes through my body, blood pouring out my mouth, sweat streaming down my face, afraid to lose my family. It's too late to say goodbye, the grave will be my fate, falling limp to the ground. It is the end. 
Yep. Okay, <laughs> uh, the next one is bungee jumping. I jump off a bridge, 100 feet above, with only a rope ready to tug. If it should rip, I shall die with no time to say goodbye. I hear the snap, then I splat. That will be the last time I do that. <laughs> and now skydiving. I think we know where this is going. <laughs> Skydiving. Flying over the city, thousand feet above, plunging to my death with a broken parachute. <laughs> if only I could have said goodbye to the world I once knew. I feel the cold, hard concrete rushing up fast. It'll greet me in the end, if only I had a chance to live. I have been skydiving, and I must say that stuck in my mind. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes I think we should just call this show Kids Are Weird. And this next reading is a perfect example why. When Rogan was seven, he kept a creative writing journal, and a lot of his writing was indeed very creative. Live on stage, here's Rogan sharing a few short stories. Okay. One day I was going swimming. I put my lunch in a bag, and I had a sandwich, and in my sandwich, there was a leprechaun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That popped out of it and got away, so I bit my sandwich and there was nothing in it, so I thought for a little while, the leprechaun must have ate it up. I had an apple too, I bit it and someone said, ouch! Was that you, mom? I asked. No, it was me, a leprechaun said. I'm, sor I'm sorry, I was in your apple. I just got a little hungry. Well, that's okay. At least I have a little bit of apple left. The end. <laughs> a, a pencil lasts a long time. You write and you write and you write and you keep on writing until there's nothing left but the eraser. Pants last a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you wear and you wear and you wear them and you keep on wearing them until there's nothing left but the snap and the zipper. <laughs> Rocks last a long time. You look and you look and you look and you keep on looking until there's nothing left but dirt. Air lasts for a long time. You breathe and you breathe and you breathe. Uh, you keep on breathing until there's nothing left but space. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> and 
the last little bit from my journal or with creative writing. Lucky is going to a new kid's concert. Unlucky is you got the wrong concert. <laughs> Lucky is the Ninja Turtles invite you for a pizza. <laughs> Unlucky is Shredder's there. <laughs> Lucky is you get to go into Shredder's Technodrome. Unlucky is Shredder is busy eating the turtles. Thank you. Rogan, ladies and gentlemen. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at Yuck Yucks in Calgary and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. A quick reminder, we are looking for material for a very special episode, all about kid writing that has traveled long distances. So if you wrote something as a kid and someone else far away has it, reach out to them, get a copy. And if you have something that someone else wrote as a kid, dig that up and get in touch. I want to hear from you so we can surprise them. My email address, dan at grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com or find a link at the website, grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.